Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi friends and welcome back to the Psyche Podcast for this extra special episode for Time to Talk Day. So we've got a few different conversations to share today. I'm going to chat a little bit first just to set the scene I guess and then I am joined by Hazel Barron who is the hub coordinator for Time to Change in Somerset and then I am joined by three champions Anne, Halim and Rosie for a conversation about mental health and the power of small. So just to set the scene, Time to Change is a UK campaign that was launched in 2007, which aimed to reduce mental health related stigma and discrimination. It's actually coming to an end this year, um, which I'm very sad about because I think it's an amazing campaign. But Hazel will talk a little bit um, about that more in a moment. And Time to Talk Day is this day once a year Um, And I've got mixed feelings about named days, but it's not a conversation that people are having every day, although I think they should. Uh, So it's about getting people talking about mental health. And there's a theme each year for the conversations to be based around. And this year is the power of small. And that's kind of the theme through this episode about how small things can be really impactful. And so Hazel, as I said, is the hub coordinator, and we'll talk a little bit more generally about that and what her role involves and then I'm joined by three other champions and I'm also a champion I've been a champion for a couple of years and actually with Hazel I talk about my involvement so the podcast is not directly um, related to the campaign but my own kind of passion for mental health and talking about it but every year for time to talk day I've organized events where I've worked to give people an opportunity to talk about mental health and I guess trying to just talk about mental health when I can and have those conversations. And so champions are individuals who use their own experience of mental health problems to change how we think and act about mental health. And the campaign believes that the best way to change attitudes are through conversations. So through people sharing their stories and their experiences. And that definitely is something I'm on board with. That's kind of the the whole thing with this podcast. It's about people coming on and sharing their stories, their experience, and whether that is a kind of diagnosable mental health problem or going through difficult times, it's all important to talk about. I think it's all part of life, <laughs> life experience. So I really hope that you enjoy these conversations and I'll be back super, super quickly at the end. Hi, everyone, and I'm really happy to welcome Hazel to the podcast. So, Hazel, do you want to introduce yourself to us? Hi. Hello. Yeah, my name's Hazel Barron. I work for Time to Change Somerset. So, I'm the um, hub coordinator. Yeah, I've been doing this, well, basically, I've been in post just in lockdown. So, it started in February, February 2020. I've been entirely online <laughs> for the contact I've had with everybody, which is quite interesting. Yeah, it must have been an interesting time to... Um to get involved and join the organization yeah 
not at all what I expected. I, I really thought that it might mean that just things wouldn't happen and that it would all be a bit lame and sort of, well, oh dear, we have to excuse it all because of the pandemic, but not at all. No, quite, quite the opposite. In a way, it's, it kind of spurred people on to get more creative and more innovative and more motivated and committed to doing stuff with the Champions Fund. I was really lucky to have probably once in a lifetime fun project for, for me to, be, to help with and sort of be alongside. There was this funding project and um, people, champions were able to um, apply to, to this little fund and to kind of to create projects to raise awareness about um, stigma and discrimination towards people with mental health problems and just to kind of to raise awareness about mental health, what it is, what it isn't, you know, what we can do about it how we can be with each other about it and kind of all of those things and so these little um they weren't little they were quite big really projects uh, very very varied that's that's what I've mostly been doing that that bit of the project is finished now and as you probably know 31st of March the national time to change funding for this campaign finishes but we certainly aren't going anywhere as you know Hannah yeah you're you're a member of the team aren't you you know you've been you've been flying the flag for time to change for quite a long time yes although yeah I feel this year actually I've got a bit more involved with the actual hub rather than just doing my own thing but yeah I think I've been a champion for several years and everywhere I've worked kind of getting people to talk about mental health on time to talk day and just any time has been something that I'm quite passionate about and then obviously the, the podcast as well mm. um and so the theme this year is the the power of small and you said about the projects kind of little projects but actually having a massive impact which I think is the the idea of the theme that it doesn't have to be a huge huge thing but it can have um, a huge impact on someone do you have any particular highlights of the projects that people have been involved in that you'd like to share with us yeah I think it's probably the same thing that ties all the different projects together and that's people's ideas being being able to make them into a reality which has been a massive privilege so converting their sort of passions and, and kind of hard hard-earned positions of understanding people with lived experience of mental health problems you know that's what a champion is for anybody not aware I, I don't expect any of your listeners don't know but just in case so a, a time to change champion is somebody with with a lived experience of, of mental health problems. So it's not, it doesn't define them. That's not all they are by any means, but it's something that, that draws, that, you know, connects with Time to Change Champions. So it's that, the creativity behind some of the, the ideas was a really passionate, kind of comes from the heart and every, you know, every, every single one of these, of these things we were allowed to make happen came from, from the heart, from a, from a really lovely place of wanting to help and kindness and understanding. So so it's been a real privilege. Um, yeah, I feel like we should say what some of them are. <laughs> Otherwise, it's all abstract, isn't it? So um, there have been some films. We've had, I think we've had four films with contributions from, from far and wide, different people's perspectives of their journeys through mental health and what the, what the campaign is all about and how they interpret it, how they benefited from it, what they want, what work there is more to do. We've got, and those films are available on the Mind in Somerset Time to Change page website. And uh, I'm going to be sharing them a bit more this week. I'm coming up time to talk day. I've had a mural painted. And another team of people for the Child Watch project made, they made a podcast. We've had somebody that designed face masks. We've had people writing poetry. 
just so many things and actually all, all of the information about all of it is again is available on the, on our page on our reminding somerset time to change page we can have a look and also you know get in touch with me if, if anybody listening to this would like to sign up as a, some, a somerset time to change champion that would be fantastic and it's just time to change at mindinsomerset.org.uk we have monthly meetings and kind of sharing ideas and you know in a safe in a safe space and listeners that's where I met Hannah and I was really thrilled because you know it's yet, yet another team member totally engaged totally committed to to doing this so yeah lucky me <laughs> well awesome thank you for sharing the details and we'll absolutely um share those in the show notes so people can find the link and check out the videos and some of the stuff that's going on and get in touch and we also have listeners kind of all around the world which is exciting so for anyone who isn't in Somerset but wants to be a champion in their in their own community for mental health do you have any advice for them of, of what they could do yeah and that's that's actually really kind of it's a good question and a bad question in a way because it's it's important that that should be a thing but um as it stands at the moment each area of the all i know about is each area of the uk have their own hub and whether or not that that i don't actually know unfortunately because the, the the national website isn't going to be manned in such a way as it is at the moment going forwards uh, i guess at the time of this podcast being released there will be responsiveness so you, people could get in touch and i hope that I, I can put that question forwards and make and make sure that there is some information on the national website it's going to exist they've just put time to change into any search engine and that will still be there with information online training but as to the level of responsiveness, it's a bit uncertain at the moment, but I will definitely put that forward to the national kind of people that are organising it and see what they say, if you like, because that's, that is a very important thing. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think that they can just um, ask, you know, via some sort of helpline email address on the national website. But at the moment, unfortunately, I don't know. And I, I think it's a really good question to to kind of think about mm-hmm. well I guess the the site at the moment it's still available until the end of March and then hopefully beyond yeah. but the information on champions people could take and absorb it and see if there's anything they could set up their own if they're listening if you're listening in the US you could see if there's anyone else in your community that's passionate about mental health and mm. yeah that would be awesome yeah people would just it would be yeah, yeah I mean we you know we they can contact us don't they <laughs> yeah yeah you can go beyond somerset and, and you know, we won't turn people away ever so that's, that's probably one of the good things isn't it about zoom you know we get to meet up with people from all corners of somerset so hannah i really want to hear about stuff that you've done for time to talk day in the past because actually i've only met you a couple of times on zoom and i'm kind of curious now what did you get up to before like previous times talk days and how did yeah. it go and well, last year we did a bonus episode like this, where again, um, I was joined by a couple of champions and someone from Mind who talked about the campaign more generally. And um, I've always at work encouraged an event. So last year, uh, I, my job in like a corporate setting with actually I was the only female member of staff. It was like software engineers, which is a male dominated industry. And we mm-hmm. had an event where we talked about mental health and uh, time to change had some kind of conversation started things and so we used those and it was we had cake because cake always gets people away from their desk Um, 
-hmm. when I was teaching we um similarly had events where we would get people to kind of come and again to be honest it always involves some kind of cake and tea or coffee and it's that's what we're missing this year then yeah (laughs) I think it's one of those things that I think for some people some people are really keen to have the conversation and to talk about it and for some people there's like a reluctance and I think something like Kate come and just have a cup of tea a bit of cake that's something that's nice in itself and then hopefully you get that kind of connection and that conversation and it just happens from that so that's what I've been doing and then you know talking about my own mental health on the podcast on other shows that I've been on Uh, and I always one of my favorite things to reference I think it was is an amazing campaign and I know Anne mentioned it in the conversation we're going to hear in a bit the ask twice campaign uh, from time to change is something when I've been on a couple of US podcasts and I've talked about it because I think it's just such a good campaign and I know and we'll talk about this but it's this you know we can ask people how they are and they'll say oh I'm fine but you maybe get that sense they're not fine and actually asking again it can it can then open up that they might actually say actually I am really struggling um so I like to talk about that a lot because I think it's an amazingly simple but amazing idea and that's probably what the idea of um small things you know, it might not seem like an, a, ma- a massive, massive deal, but just to pause and actually ask again can have a huge consequence, a beneficial one. So I think I do think time to change and campaigns like it have made a difference, and I do think that in attitudes are improving. I think there's a lot of softening and becoming more flexible and open to talk about things, but not really enough. And I expect you probably agree with me. I think there's still still quite powerful negative messages there's still a lot of stigma huge huge amount of stigma and shame and toxicity and probably you know the the most with those who need to get rid of it the most if you know if you yeah. know what I'm trying to say so it, it, in those situations yeah. where it's very volatile and a lot's at stake so those those situations mm-hmm. are where we, we most need one another and we most need that permission to talk which is what this is about but it, th- those are the ones where we'll find the, the most toxic stigma and, and cl- that kind of closing, shutting doors, mm. hiding it away, disguising it, using drugs, you know, whatever it might be, the root of that is this stigma, isn't it? So that I think that's probably where this whole campaign came from, is that understanding that mental health is a, is a crisis, I think. Still suicide levels are really high. And, and somebody somewhere who thought up this campaign is starting to think about, well, what, what's that about what we can do as a you know, as a society to to kind of start having a look at that. And this is this is part of that. So it's it is important. Um it might feel mm-hmm. like a small thing, but if you're suffering and you haven't ever had, you might just be letting somebody have an opportunity to do something they've never ever done before. And maybe maybe be nice to think that the time to talk campaign, time to talk day might maybe that maybe that for one person that you meet might be the first step to changing their own self stigma about their own mental mm-hmm. health and hopefully and mental well-being in the long term so that's what we want yeah I think it's having that those conversations and sharing stories it can like normalize Mm. the experience because so many of us will do will have experienced mental health problems and I think that there has definitely I, I feel like it's a conversation that's being had a lot more but I think still yeah there are some mental health conditions that are much more understood and accepted and talked about than others. So I talk about anxiety yeah. and depression. I think they're two of the ones that actually a lot more people kind of 
get, they kind of understand them. And things like bipolar and schizophrenia are less well understood. And so that's something with the show that we try and have people come on and share their stories, whatever their experience. And we have had episodes where someone has come and talked about their bipolar and schizophrenia because I think it yeah. get, they still need a lot more attention. And You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, th- those are the mysterious kind of things, aren't they? The, the, more, the more sort of um, lesser known diagnosis that might be the terminology yeah. thrown around. It, it creates fear and fear of the unknown and, um, and a lot of, yeah, so that the more fear there is out there in the world, the less likely you're going to talk about your own stuff if you think that you're likely to be instantly misjudged, you're likely to be instantly not trusted or kind of people run away, don't want to get to know you. All of those things will certainly stop you mm. being honest. And then you're alone then, you know, if you're not able to yeah. share who you are, you become isolated and that that's a really difficult place to be. So you're absolutely right to point that out, Hannah, yeah. That's definitely something I think on the, the show kind of going forward that we want to kind of continue to have a space where people can come and share their stories and their experiences regardless of what mental health problems they've experienced from the kind of air quotes less I don't know impactful or stigmatized conditions to the the more I guess where people have experienced psychosis or whatever just any mental health experience because we're all we all have our own unique life mental health experience and I think having a variety of stories I find it really interesting I think it helps to challenge those kind of misconceptions and you know for people listening maybe hearing something that reflects their experience that maybe gives them a little bit of hope or a little bit of sense of connection. I wonder if it's true that through the last 10 years say it's become more easy to be open and honest and own your own stuff about the more commonplace easily talked about stuff not that it's any better because obviously anxiety and depression that's still a life-threatening illness but it, it, it does. You're right. I'm, I'm just now thinking whether or not the actual mm. the proportion of the um, society who do suffer from other lesser known diagnoses, whether that's been as the permission to talk more is, has been as effective for that for that particular group. I don't know. I'd be really interested to to find out about that, whether that's affected mm. you know all areas of mental health or just the, the more well-known ones. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I would I think and also although it's maybe easier now to be more open about anxiety and depression, I think there's still the individual situation that some people may have a workplace that's not supportive, for example, that they don't feel they can be open. So I think it's not a blanket, but I think that, that, yeah, that's still saying to your employer, I experienced depression and um, I experienced schizophrenia. You know, my, my gut feeling is that there's still a lot more stigma around things like schizophrenia and bipolar borderline personality than there is around yeah that's just my kind of you know I've had I've had a sort of an interesting perspective on this issue before I joined mind I was working as a counsellor work and mental health was definitely a theme that would come up again and again and again and absolutely what you've just said about you know non-supportive workplaces and I was working with one person who um the fear of disclosure was absolutely magnifying the problem by about a hundred and we did we did think about it and you know we kind of tried out different scenarios and it came down to a a really important job interview with somebody who's very very capable just just occasionally his anxiety would would be a problem and um so 
this time it, it came up in the interview and, and he was able to say, well, actually, yeah, this is something that, that I, I go through and it, you know, it's taken a lot of work to get to that point. But wonderfully, the, the employer said, well, actually, do you know what, me too. And then he went on to have a fantastic career, feeling safe, feeling comfortable, feeling he was able to be himself. And actually the anxiety mm. didn't really come up as much of a problem because he knew he was able to share it. So that that that's real a real good example, isn't it? Just permission to share yeah. problem becomes just a lot less toxic and, and worrying. So yeah, and that that's that was a good a good yeah. grounding for me to have that experience first, really, to understand that. Yeah, and I think that's a, a massive thing if you feel that you can be open and if other people, particularly people in positions of responsibility, are are open or accepting, um, I think that has a massive impact. And I I was about to say last year, it wasn't, it was the year before <laughs> I went for an interview and I was completely open about my mental health because one, I had the podcast, so it wasn't exactly a secret, but also for myself, I was like, I, I need to make sure I'm looking after my mental health in the workplace. It's something that has um, been a trigger or cause stress before. And actually, if this isn't a place that is going to be supportive and accept me as I am, then it's not somewhere I want to work anyway. So by being open, actually, if they weren't, and they were supportive in the interview, but if I, if they hadn't been, then it would have actually given me a really clear message that it wasn't the right place for me. That's really healthy, Hannah. That's, that's good self-care. Yeah, it's taken me a while. It's <laughs> <laughs> taken me a while to get to that uh, that point. But, you know, and I guess in a way it was because I had a reasonable amount of job security because it was a, I had two kind of roles. And so actually I, I was lucky in that it wasn't a, I absolutely need this job type situation when if it had been, I maybe, mm. maybe would have behaved differently. I don't know. But um, do you have any final thoughts, Hazel, that you want to share with us about time to change, time to talk day, mental health generally, life, the universe? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just turned 42 on Friday. Isn't that supposed to be the answer to everything? That's for our generation of each other's side to the galaxy. Well, do you know what? I st- I'm not an expert. I, I really don't know. But um, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still lucky to be working with people. Um, so, yeah, t- I mean, time to talk day. You know, having a day for something so, sometimes annoys me a little bit because, like you know, we, we want to do this sort of every day, really. So if it could be maybe the first day, if you get away from the thought of, like, this is the only day that we do it. But it's it's good to have a focus, to have a little hook, to just bring the attention to that thing that day. I do get it. My message would be just to be re- reflect I guess, to reflect on what that means to you. And if you're in a position of authority in your organisation, what can the, this campaign say to you about, about the, the culture within your organisation, whether that's your, your family, your, your business, um, your country? I think those people who probably need to hear it perhaps will, because it's not just about time to talk, it's time to listen as well, isn't it? I think for universities as well, I think, I think about performance, we need to get rid of the that, that's one message that I can uh, that I feel personally really passionate about is, is that for the way that we can associate poor mental health with poor performance mm. and I do think that on this level you and I are talking now and the kind of on the surface level I would say yeah yeah it's really important but when it comes really down to it uh, are we really following up on that because I think that universities is a place where we really need to put attention into that if people are suffering with their mental health at university I have seen firsthand being kind of asked to leave Mm. because you then become a negative statistic and I think that is a very very dangerous way to be rather than looking at the organization just get rid of the problem because obviously that's going to close down 
hundreds of, of other potential difficult situations that people don't feel able to talk about it. I've, I've heard of universities saying, you know, you're obviously not going to deliver for us if you've got poor mental health and, and just being asked to leave the course. And I really, I really have a problem with that. Behind closed doors, yes, 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 you can say you've got a mental health problem, but you won't get the promotion or you perhaps won't be invited on to the next qualification or whatever. And I, I do think we need to really take it, take it to the next level now. And actually those people with neuro difference, what's the word? Um, neurodiversity. Neurodiversity. That's what gives us the edge to welcome, welcome all of those, yeah. those colours of the rainbow. That's good. You know, that, that gives you a really beautiful picture. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's that offering people support when they're struggling and not jumping to those assumptions that just because someone has this particular experience that it means xyz about their performance their ability etc yeah awesome well thank you so much hazel for for joining us now we're going to listen to a conversation i had with three of our amazing champions with Anne, halim and rosie so i really hope you enjoy that everyone Hi everyone and I'm really happy to welcome three guests to the show today for this special Time to Talk Day episode. So welcome and if you're happy to introduce yourself and Rosie, you're first on my screen so tell us a little bit about yourself please. Hi I'm Rosie, I live in beautiful Wells in Somerset. I have been a Time to Change champion for about I don't know five six years something like that. I came to it because I had gone through almost lifelong uh, mental health issues which sort of got worse and I ended up with an almost 17 years of agoraphobia. And when I heard about Time to Change and I just wanted to make sure that the people understood that agoraphobia isn't as as the population tend to think it is, you know, just afraid of open spaces or people. I mean, it can get far, far worse than that. So that was sort of my main focus and that's what I've been doing. But due to ill health, I do it more from home. I do it more... Um, through writing and bore the pants off people with talking about mental health all the time and telling them, you know, to speak up. But uh, yeah, it's something I'm really passionate about and it's it's made, helping others really helps me. Thank you so much for sharing and you absolutely won't bore the pants off us here because that's, <laughs> that's what we're all about. <laughs> you can <wait> see. <laughs> Halim, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, that was a great intro, Rosie. Yeah, so my name's Halim. I'm... I'm 19. I've only just sort of finished my education, um, but I, I sort of, to put it into words, I'd say I'm, I'm an actor. I'm, a, I do some voiceover work as well, and I'm a, a mental health advocate. And I've, I've been with Time to Change for about a year now, so not, not awfully long. And, and for me, I wouldn't say things, things got bad, but they never got like absolutely awful you know and and I think that's what my sort of message is about that it, it doesn't have to get to absolute true 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 crisis for you to seek help and and seek advice so yeah that's why I became a time to change champion and yeah I've really enjoyed the last year working with time to change thanks for sharing and I think that's a really great message I think sometimes we can minimize how we're feeling because we kind of compare it to other people and think well it's not it's not that bad so yeah and then Anne, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, my name's Anne. I'm a Time to Change champion. I'm in Somerset and based in Glastonbury. I'm a mum. I'm an artist. I'm a wellbeing practitioner and I play music to relax 
kids and I generally try to do creative things to look after my own mental health and try and support other people with theirs. I guess I've been a champion for a couple of years now. I, I joined Times Change really uh, to think about supporting my own mental health and then I saw the opportunities to become champions as sort of as a hub in Somerset. So I got in touch and went to a few meetings and did some training and got to know some of the champions and started trying to um, connect with people in my own community. So, um, yeah, a couple of years, really. It's been great. We all need support. We all need to build our own network. And there is great value and power in doing things to help other people. It also helps yourself. You get the what we call borrowing benefits when I do my EFT practice. But yeah, you do get a lot of not just satisfaction, but actually you feel better in yourself if you're helping other people as well. So and the network is really good like that because they organize events and they they allow you to um, to bounce ideas as well and just ask questions if you're not sure about things, really. Awesome. So the theme for Time to Talk Day this year is all about small things, which I love because I think sometimes we can feel like it's a massive thing and it's a massive topic. And that can be quite intimidating to think about the impact that we can have or what we can do. It doesn't have to be massive things that, that can have an impact. There's lots of little things that can be helpful to us. And so my first question for you is what are some of the small things in your life that help you to manage your well-being? I think from my point of view, it's it's a bit boring, really, but it's it's having friends through Facebook. When I was agoraphobic, I had, you know, I lost everybody. I had nobody. So I was totally isolated. And now if I'm having a bad time because I live alone, so nobody to share with, really, just to have those little comments, you'll do it. You'll be OK. It's those little things. But that makes such a difference to me. And knowing that there are people out there to whom I'm not just a name. I'm somebody that they really care about. And I, th- I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that's really great. I I think for me, I usually find I struggle more with my mental health when I spend more time, you know, isolated and, and at home. So even sort of getting out for a 10-minute walk just to break up my day. And, and I do that sometimes when I'm sort of working or I'm on the laptop ages. I just just stand up, put on my shoes, walk down the road, you know, and back. And it takes, you know, five or 10 minutes, but yeah, it really helps me. Yeah, fab. Fresh eyes. Just thinking like, actually, I'm, I might share as well because I'm a champion as well. And so I think for me, getting out outside and getting fresh air, absolutely. And connecting with people, I definitely agree with that as well. Um, and sometimes if I'm just needing to step away from stuff, I'll go and sit and have a cuddle with my dog. And usually just he'll demand belly rubs um, and he's very grumpy, but it's all adorable. And so that definitely gives me a boost and a little bit of time out, I think, from kind of every day. Yeah, something else I I do as well is I think I've um, before I've had a tendency to use social media in um, a a non-productive way, you know, and use it sort of it's actually more damaging than good. But I've sort of found a way where I'm using it more for good. And and I, I use WhatsApp quite a lot. And um, if I've not got time to call somebody and I'd rather not really explain on a text, I just do like a voice note and it might be a minute long or two minutes long and just get out what needs to come out. And then the person then will respond in their own time with a a voice note usually. And I find that a really good way to just sort of get out what I need to get out and then send it to another person. So it's not just in my head anymore. And also really like quick and easy. I can just do it in a minute. I can just get my phone send a voice note to to someone who I trust and 
and I feel so much better for that. Yeah, I love that. And I, with some of my friends, we send voice notes backwards and forwards because it's it's kind of got the ease of sending a message, but it's nice to hear each other's voice. It's a bit more connected, like a phone call, but more convenient. So that's something that always makes me smile to get a message, even if it's just, hi, how are you? Well, I was interesting. I was writing a blog about this today, trying to get organized for, for next week. It seems the obvious things, really, but um, sometimes just little things like doing something you love doing. So maybe it might be reading your own favorite book or watching a TV program or, or even phoning a friend or something like that. One thing that I don't do enough of is just sitting and really relaxing with a nice hot drink or a hot cup of tea and just doing nothing for 10 minutes because I feel that part, um, my, um, my mental health challenge is PTSD. So quite a lot of that, you don't, you don't feel you can relax. You're always on edge. So, so just sitting still and, and just being and that, that is, is really quite hard to do sometimes because you feel like you always have to be doing something, don't you? Yeah, I guess it's that giving yourself permission yeah. to just have those moments. And just accepting that actually this is this is um, important, just sitting still and just, just doing, taking that time out, letting that mental load just drop for a few seconds because the world won't stop if you don't do something for 10 minutes. And even just having a conversation with somebody and just... We, we talk at time the time to change thing is is you know ask twice so you know we, we pass people well, we don't pass people in the streets so much now do we because we're all locked down but uh, <laughs> when you used to pass people in the street say hi are you okay and the standard response is yeah i'm okay but actually no asking twice and saying yeah are you really okay and just that little quote that little thing could actually sometimes really make a big difference to somebody well, one thing um, I, I sort of one of my things that I do is I run a network for self-employed mums, um, just support network, really. It's it's not it's, it's a business network, but it's 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 mainly to help us reduce our isolation as self-employed mums because we're juggling two things. And um, one of the things that my friend said to me was, if I go quiet on social media or if you don't hear from me for a while, just check in with me because it means I'm struggling. And. I thought that's really important because I, I likened it to a first aid situation. And if you're trained as a first aider and you go to a site, you're told, don't go to the people who are shouting loudest first because they're okay. They're still breathing. Go to the quiet ones first because they might not be so okay. And sometimes we forget that checking in somebody you haven't heard from for a little while, just, just to see if they're all right, could make a big difference. Because if when we're struggling with our mental health, we sometimes just go within ourselves and we don't reach out to people for help something small like that just reaching out to somebody you hadn't heard from for a while could make a big difference I think that's a really great thing to bear in mind because I definitely with my own mental health become quite inward looking if I'm struggling and often we'll see messages about asking for help and, and people will say oh I'm here if you need help which is great but if you need help sometimes it can be really difficult to take that step and reach out so and I don't know if you've ever had the experience but you could be having quite a down day and something will pop into your inbox your email inbox it'll be just somebody saying oh thanks for doing this or or really appreciated this or how you doing and it makes you feel so wonderful that somebody's thinking about you and yeah it's, it's really nice and and I don't think you realize just the power of just a simple act of thank you for doing something for you there's been there's been um I can't remember the research study but there's been research studies with um big organizations where they, they these consultants went in there and got the uh every employee to spend the first two minutes of their working day just two minutes sending uh, an email of gratitude to a fellow worker 
and their productivity and their satisfaction and their happiness levels went through the roof because every day everyone was just sharing some appreciation for another work. That's an amazing thing. And like you said, just two minutes. And, and again, that's something the person receiving it gets that boost of feeling appreciated and seen for the good work they're doing. But you get that boost of thinking about that positive experience and sharing it. So it's a kind of win-win really. Yeah, so that's a little thing we can do. And and talking of talking, I'd really love to know if there's ever been any small thing that someone said to you or something you've read that's had a really massive impact on you. I, I think for me, when I was first on my road to sort of recovery, if you like, um, I was still very nervous of people and I'd lost the ability to actually do any small talk. I had no confidence whatsoever. And I went to a rethink group and they persuaded me to do a bit of a talk. It was a very small group only and only ladies. And I did this, this talk and I thought I just babbled my way through it. And I was so nervous. I hadn't done this sort of thing before. And afterwards they, um, they kept saying about how, how exciting it was because I had so many interesting things to say and it couldn't have been too bad because the interest that I was doing actually encouraged somebody else to do. And since then, I've had a few people say that I'm inspirational. Well, I don't think that at all. I don't think that's the case. But it's nice to see, it's nice for somebody to say it, you know? When you've been shut up for so many years, and that means from a physical point of view, um, a mental health point of view, I was in and out of hospital a lot. And I was one of those that sat in the corner and didn't speak. I couldn't tell people because I was convinced that everybody would think I was just making it up. So I kept it all to myself and just being able to actually verbalize something, I think just makes such a difference. And I'm still, I'm still bad nerves when I have to talk to somebody. I'm okay one-to-one, but if there's more than one person in the room that I have to speak to, I mean, a Zoom meeting is actually a nightmare because I'm convinced it's just a load of rubbish that I'm saying. But then I realize that so much of that is, is self-confidence. And the more often you do it and the more often you speak. But of course, this last year has made that almost impossible. But yes, so it sounds very, being very full of myself, but it isn't. It, it was just the fact that somebody bothered to say it. And I, I just think it's wonderful. Yeah. And hopefully you're doing OK with the Zoom at the moment. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm OK. It's when it's a big Zoom meeting. That's when I really fall apart. And I can't, I can't follow, you know, focus on who's talking and... Uh, <laughs> One of the advantages of being, or disadvantages of being an oldie, I'm afraid, you know. <laughs> Technology sort of left me years ago. I, I, it just missed me totally. But I'm learning. Yeah, t- t- following on from what you said, Rosie, I, I could relate. And what came into my head was something that someone said is, you can use your experience to benefit others. And it sort of sounded like, that's sort of what you were saying as well, is that you used your experience and your your knowledge to then share it with other people and and then benefit others and and that's um yeah I heard that as well and I think when then you're going through a hard time it it can sort of reframe your mindset around around it that you're not just hopeless and actually you can use this experience to benefit other people in the future yeah and also the the old phrase this too shall pass and I've been told that many times and it doesn't make everything go away and everything doesn't just end but usually when you're going for a really difficult time it usually does pass and yeah that's um I really like that phrase 
a phrase that I was, um, I, somebody wrote to me years ago when I was really in the depths of despair. My husband's an alcoholic, or my ex-husband's an alcoholic, and I used to go along to Al-Anon for support from them. And one of the things that they used to say a lot, and even when I left, uh, they, they kept writing to me. And one of the phrases they used such a lot was, nothing changes until something changes. And that's, it's like a nothing saying really, but the more you think about it, the more true it is. It's, a, it's, it's very similar to the idea of, if you keep trying to do the same thing all the time and you're expecting different results, it's not gonna happen. And the, the, the bit about having to change something for things to change. And in, in my case, it was learning that I was worth it and that I did have a right to, you know, to a life and, and to being happy. And yeah, so that that's, you know, that was a big thing for me. Yeah, and, and yeah, jumping on the back of that as well, that uh, I've found that first step doesn't always have to be a massive first step. No. It could just be reaching out or sending an email to, to a, it can be anything, reaching out to a group, a self-help group, re- reaching out to a, f- a family member or a friend. It can be really simple stuff, but it's just that sort of, that first step in a different direction. And um, there's, there's um someone said to me that, imagine you got a ship and it's going through the sea. And if that ship just changes one degree, the destination is totally different. So you might just do like one tiny action each day. That might seem like it's just a one degree turn. But over time, if you've got a ship and it just turns one degree, over time, the destination is completely different. Yeah, I love that. Learning to smile at people, even if I didn't feel like it, was another one as well. I I believed when I first moved to Somerset, I was still a mess. So my my way of trying to look confident was to put on the actress face, you know, and smile at people, even when I didn't feel like it. And then... I'd start saying good morning and from there, this and the other. And now I find it so easy to smile. I, I find it, what was pretense originally has become a way of life. I just kept telling myself I was happy even when I wasn't. And then one day I realized, actually, I am enjoying this. I am enjoying people's company. So sometimes you have to push yourself through something that you don't necessarily, you know, you have to bluff it sometimes in order to find the inner confidence to keep going because that way you can get over that first step you bluff that first step and then you know it gets easier fake it till you make it yeah exactly i couldn't think of the term but yes exactly (laughs) thank you for sharing all of that and i think for me one of the things that stands out is kind of i guess being on the the other side and hearing stories or, or hearing things um that people are sharing and i always remember Uh, It was my first job out of university and I had mental health awareness training and I didn't really know kind of what mental health was and just hearing about what depression was and I was like that is me that is kind of what I'm going through and that was such to have a name for what I was feeling and to be able to kind of it's not just me I'm not (laughs) like broken or there's not like something awfully wrong with me I'm not a complete freak or whatever actually was really helpful and then being able to to get support and and start to kind of move through that so I think sharing stories and sharing like you are now is so helpful for people on the other side to hear it and to recognize the similarities of experience and it it makes you feel good as well feeling like you can help somebody else as well you know and then yeah it makes you 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 then feel good and then the other person feels good as well it's like a win-win 
and something we don't do enough of sending each other letters yeah. having a letter pop for the letterbox is an amazing experience because we're so used to sitting in front of our screens you know yeah absolutely i'm just on my on my desk so when i'm at my screen i've got a few little postcards around that friends have just kind of sent me with little messages nice. and it was actually before we were going traveling uh, several years ago now obviously <laughs> and uh, when you're looking forward to something you maybe have that kind of Oh, it's so far away and struggling to get through. Um, and so she just sent me these little postcards. And yeah, they absolutely just something small. It doesn't even say much on the back. Just I think that one said two weeks to go. But it's are thinking of you, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then actually now they're up around my desk. So if I'm having a bad day, I can see. Yeah, because I've not, not only thought about you, they've actually gone to the trouble of writing the postcard, putting a stamp on it, posting it. So they've actually made some effort to think about you. Yeah. I'm an artist and... Um, I've been taking part during lockdown in post art um, exchanges with other artists. It's a really good way of connecting with other artists, but it's really exciting to get something for the post. You make a change to it and then you post it back to them. And uh, it's a lovely way to collaborate with somebody because it's slow because our lives are quite fast. And just having that little change and then waiting a few weeks for it to come back to you and then doing something else and seeing it develop over time is, 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 quite, is quite nice. And um, I recently took part in an exchange with an American project called Just a Postcard. No, hey, I got a postcard. And the same thing. I got a postcard from uh, Texas the other day. It's like, yay! Yeah. So I've got to send one back now. So. And they sound like amazing schemes. And again, it's something that you're having to think about, thinking about someone else and how they're going to receive it. So it gives you some focus maybe of doing something yourself. But then also at some point, you don't know when you're going to get this lovely thing back that might just come at just the right time when you really need that boost and it makes me feel less isolated because I'm lucky I, I live with my um my family I've got my husband and children at home so I don't live on my own but if you don't leave the house for weeks weeks and end apart from to go to the supermarket or whatever you do in lockdown you don't realize that there's a wider world outside because we're, we're quite restricted at the moment aren't we and that, that could be quite isolating people so having that connection with somebody on the other side of the world is, is just fascinating and that's, I think it's it, it helps to feel that you, you're part of a bigger picture you know absolutely I mean that's definitely going to be my takeaway to think about maybe sending some little postcards or cards to friends and then my um well, I guess my final question I might throw in another final question at the end is if you have um, a small piece of advice that you'd like to share with anyone who's listening who's struggling with their own mental health at the moment or supporting a loved one who's struggling there's an American lady called Marie Forleo who, who does podcasts and she's very inspirational and she's been through quite a tough time recently with, with health challenges. But she's got a brilliant book called Everything is Figure Outable. And I, I've obviously read that and I thought, yeah, that is a really good motto to live by, really, because it doesn't matter what challenge you are. You know, there's quite a lot of wise sayings from I do meditation things saying there's always blue sky above the clouds and like that. But if you think that everything is figure outable, the... The ma- you know we are we are all facing our own challenges every day and we have to be kind to ourselves try to be ourselves not compare ourselves to other people and know that there's always a way through these things it doesn't matter how long it takes there is always a way through and there will always be somebody to help you it's just sometimes we find it hard to ask and reach out for that I think it goes back to what Helene was saying at the beginning don't leave it until it's too late it doesn't need to be an emergency before you reach out. And don't be afraid of the possibility of being rebuffed, you know, of people not wanting to to listen because almost always people are good. They do want to help. 
but they don't always know. So you have to be honest and in whichever way you can, I think you need to learn to reach out. Yeah, I, I would just echo that and you don't have to do do it alone. You possibly can't do it alone. You need to reach out for help. You need to reach out for support. And there's so many people willing to help you and willing to offer you support. And I, I wouldn't have been able to get to get better without the support of family, friends, but also I wouldn't have been able to get better without the support of you know, a psychiatrist and reaching out to my GP and reaching out to my school and getting therapy. I wouldn't have been able to recover if I, if I hadn't have done that. So, but for me, that first step was just talking to my mum. And then my mum told the GP and then the GP told the psychiatrist. And then, and then, you know, you start to get a support network. But I'd say, yeah, it just comes from just taking that first step and knowing that people, people really want to help you. You know, people are out there and they really want to help you but they can't unless they know you're having a problem. Mm -hmm. And so many of us, um, I think most people do it. You know, you speak to a doctor and they say, and how are you today? And you say, oh, I'm fine. And then you think, actually, no, I'm not. Why am I here if I'm fine? But it's that, it's that mask we put on. And I think it's learning to let that mask down a bit. I'm just going to follow on from what you've said, because I think absolutely that reaching out, but initially it can feel really difficult to reach out to loved ones. And so talking to your doctor talking to other people around you or phoning someone like the Samaritans to talk to someone who doesn't know you there's none of that pressure but just having someone to talk to mm. can be also a really a really important first step and I think one thing also that's very important for people who are starting to have therapy or going along that system don't give up if you don't get on with that first person it doesn't mean that talking isn't for you Sometimes you just need to find the person that you can relate to. I'd, I'd been through the mental health system for decades and I'd had lots of therapy, lots of counselling, nothing worked. And then I was introduced to um, a psychologist who listened. And I think that was the main thing. And she, tur she turned my life around totally because I trusted her and I felt I could say anything to her. And I hear so many people, I see so many people on Facebook sort of, oh, that's it, it didn't work for me, I'm not going to bother again. A little geeky fact to share with you around that, that in whatever type of therapy people have, and there are so many different types, is that relationship with the therapist that is the biggest indicator mm. of success. It's so important to have that right match. And like you say, just because the first person maybe isn't the right match for you doesn't mean there isn't a therapist that, that can help you. Mm. I've had it, the exact same experience. The first therapist, you know, I, I really didn't get on with, and then I got on with someone. Then had to leave them and found someone else, and really didn't get on with them. And you know, I'm no advocate of of medication, but I, I will admit, I take medication to to manage my moods and manage my mental health. And and the first medication I took was <laughs> it was not good for me. And I know a lot of people that have sort of taken one and they've been a bit sick and they've said, right, that's I'm not taking medication again. And I sort of persevered with it. And I think there's stigma with medication as well. And but I sort of persevered with it. And now I've found a medication that really works for me. And I've been on it for the last year. And my life has, has totally changed. And that wouldn't have happened if I would have given up after the first medication. And I'm not advocating medication. I'm not saying everyone needs to go and just start taking medication. But for me, you know, that was my experience. And I'm so glad I, I tried out different options. I guess it's that there's not a one size fits all 
and it's not just a first medication or the first therapist or first thing that you hear on a podcast like this and think, well, I'll try that and that will help me feel a little better. If it doesn't work, it doesn't mean that there isn't going to be one of those things that does work for you. And mm. Awesome. And then I'm going to throw in another final question, just if you've got anything kind of going on with your, um, your championing stuff and mental health advocacy that you want to share with people that are listening, it's an opportunity to do so if you'd like. In my case, because, as I said, my, my physical health isn't very good, so I can't get out and about much. Um, even going for a walk is, you know, is a real challenge nowadays. So I do, as I said earlier, most of my things I do by writing. And that in itself I find really helpful because I can write, I can write how I'm feeling, I can edit it, I, I do a blog. And it's just something about finding a way of getting those words out. You know, I certainly when I first started, I wanted to tell everybody the depths of what I'd been through and how awful, you know, it all was and how wonderful life is now. And then realized actually you have to get that sort of that middle ground, you know. So I, I'm still doing it, I'm still writing. I I talk to people, but I try not to give advice as such because we're not in their shoes and they're not in our shoes. But the time to change also encouraged me to be able to talk to other people and through that I mean my sense of of worth has been increased because I do a lot of the the friendly phone calls for Age UK and I have some people that I phone regularly and it gives me such a lovely boost to hear how pleased they are to chat and I would never have done that if I hadn't been almost thrown in the deep end by by time to change you know and discovered that standing behind a stall talking quietly was not my way. Actually going out and speaking to people face to face individually, that worked better for me. So that's, you know, it's just trusting yourself, isn't it? And that's where I think this whole volunteering thing has helped is, is teaching me that, that I know myself and I, I've got to trust myself. Not always easy. But through see, I think it's also, I thought you'd be bored of me talking. <laughs> also, the, the, the failures, it's quite good to share the failures too. Because if people know that you've tried something and you failed, but then they see you pick yourself back up and do something else, rather than let it become that entire spiral going down and down, like, because this didn't work, that's the end of me. It's not. It's just pick yourself back up and find a different way you know a different approach that's great yeah yeah I've had a similar experience about giving advice and trying not to give <laughs> advice I was yeah a bit all or nothing to start with and and yeah I found a middle ground so I I got involved with time to change I'd say about a year ago but I've not really had an opportunity to do much I suppose face-to-face stuff so a lot of the work I've done is is digital so I made a video called the future of mental health with with time to change um you think you can check that out on mind mind in somerset on their youtube channel um and yeah i would say for the next thing I, i'm sworn to secrecy i've got i'm doing some very cool stuff with national time to change but i'm not allowed to say anything about it but i would say if you follow me on instagram it's at halim clift it's h-a-l-e-e-m and then c-l-i-f-t on time to talk day i'll post about that so I, I am working on some cool stuff, but yeah, not allowed to say anything about it yet. But oh, well yeah, then. 
You know, that sounds really mysterious and weird, but yeah. <laughs> That's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's exciting. So everyone, yeah, follow Helene and find out what it was. Yeah, awesome. And uh, Helene, we can link to your uh, The Future of Mental Health video in the show notes. And I guess for me, this is kind of what I'm doing this podcast uh, I haven't done a huge amount uh, face-to-face with with time to change and I try and have that middle line of being honest about my own mental health and lots of guests that come on are honest but also not being all in the in the kind of negative and the challenge kind of sharing what's going well or, or um, things that help me and that kind of thing so that hopefully mm. people can uh, maybe have a bit of hope that, that things can get better and although every guest that comes on I ask if they've got top tips they want to share it's very much we're very clear it's not a one-size-fits-all it's a try them out for yourself mm. we're not saying do this and it's gonna completely <laughs> make everything amazing in your life it's mm. here's some ideas because I think when you're really struggling it can be really hard to think of things that that might help you so yeah and when I've been really str- struggling I sort of will listen to someone else and think, oh, I've got to do that. What they've said is is right, but it's not always right for me. And then sometimes you've got to just think, you know, take what you need and leave the rest. Take what you need out of it and, and leave everything else. Don't get sort of caught up on, oh, but Halim said I should do this. And Halim said this worked for him. And don't worry about that. It's, it's you know yourself better than yes. we know you. That would be my last point. Yeah, I think that's a, a really great place to kind of end the conversation. Yeah, take whatever you need, whatever resonates for you from this and just leave the rest. Um, and uh, thank you uh, all so much for joining me today and having a chat. I really appreciate everything that you shared with us. So thanks again to Anne, Hazel, Halim and Rosie for joining me for this conversation. Although the National Time to Change campaign is ending, we're still going to be here talking about mental health. I don't know if there'll be a time to talk day next year, but I feel like I want there to be and maybe I'll just do my own thing. Um, Or the Somerset might. Um, But absolutely, if you are interested, check out the Somerset Time to Change page, which we'll link in the show notes. Check out the National Time to Change page if you're interested in some of the training around becoming a champion and ways that you can champion mental health yourself. We'll also link to the things that Halim, Rosie and Anne have got going on in the show notes. So check those out. And I guess my final thought for you is think about the power of small, think about the things that you've heard in this conversation, take what you need, leave the rest. Um, But maybe think about reaching out to a loved one, whether that is to see how they're doing or whether it is that you yourself are struggling a little and reaching out for that support. But Something that I'm going to be doing is um, reaching out to the people in my life to see see how they are. Um, and I would just encourage you to, to do the same. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please do rate and review. It really does mean a lot. And please share it with anyone who you think would enjoy the conversation that we've had. I'll be back next week with two more episodes. So as always, take care, be kind to yourself, and I'll speak to you Monday. Bye for now.